Here's what's coming up on today's show. You know, if they inherit something, they want to make sure that if they got divorced or something bad happened, that their soon-to-be ex-spouse didn't walk away with, like, the family farm or the family business or the money they inherited from their parents. Okay, so number of ways to provide some asset protection. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. I'm glad to have you back on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George alongside Nick Rosenbauer at the Rosenbauer Law Office. You'll see him right there in the greater Cincinnati area's office in Westchester. But if you're listening in California or Texas or New York, which a lot of people actually do, Nick, you can find them online at Cincinnati Estate Plan. Dot com. I know you were a little surprised by the uh, the listeners that are spread out all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, I guess there's people all over the place who who find this interesting. I would say most people find it morbid, um, but you know, <laughs> again, obviously it's it's important, and everyone's going to to get sick or pass away at some point, and whether you're listening for yourself or you know, preparing yourself for the chaos that may ensue if a parent or family member passes away. Uh, we certainly appreciate it uh, all, all across the country. So, yeah, and, and and you know, our goal is obviously to to find uh, people to to help them with their estate planning, to at least educate them on how it works. Hopefully, we'll drive some people to your office to actually sit in and actually build their estate plan. But I know that like a lot of the topics like today's will really help anybody, no matter where you're listening. And I think this one's a unique topic because. It's not it's not specifically estate planning, right? We're talking about using a trust, but not in the in the traditional sense. Correct. So one of the things, and I and I've probably described I probably made this analogy a bunch on the show already, is how a trust is like a Swiss Army knife, um, you know, compared to a will. You know, and people look at it, you know, trust as, hey, it's a great, flexible, customized, you know, efficient way to control an inheritance. Um, but because of what it can and can't do, so basically because of all the extra bells and whistles and features, there are some other uses outside of, what's the word? I guess I would say outside of traditional uh, estate planning uses uh, that can help families and, and maybe small businesses in a number of other situations. So it's not necessarily 100% what it was designed for, uh, but we'll talk about a few other things where, you know, a trust is a, you know, it's a tool that you can use for a, a number of different projects. Okay. Very good. Again, if you have questions, you can find Nick online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can also call 513-463-6789. All right. So got a few different areas where you can utilize a trust. Um, let's start with real estate. How how do we how do we uh, how do we leverage that trust for real estate transactions? Well, um, obviously, and what I'm referring to is you know buying or selling a house or a building of some sort. Um, so a trust can actually serve as a stand-in or a substitute buyer or seller uh, for a real estate transaction instead of an individual, you know, human or couple uh, purchasing it in his name. So instead of Nick Rosenbauer or Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer buying a house, you know, we can set up a trust 
you know, to purchase the house that we own. So we, we still keep all the control and everything, but we can have the trust buy it uh, and stand in on our behalf. And, and obviously there's a, you know, there's a number of reasons you might want to do that. Um, one of the big ones, and this may get people to chuckle, but I have people call me, you know, say, Nick, I, I have stalkers, you know, someone who is hunting me down, coming after me. I have a restraining order against them, like a former business partner, former spouse. Um, and what people don't realize, Ben, is all the all the uh, land records and, you know, property tax bills and ownership, that's all public record. So you can go to Butler County's auditor and recorder websites, and Ben, you can find the deed to my house. Hmm. And you can do that right now. You can see how much I paid for it. Um, you can see what my monthly payments are because the mortgage is in the land records. Oh, wow. You can see my property tax bill. You can see the address of the house. You can see the day I bought it and who we bought it from, for crying out loud. Hmm. And this is probably creeping a lot of people out, but that's all public record. All the land record information is public record. So, you know, if you wanted to do something, if you wanted some privacy, I could just create the NR Trust number one or the NR or the R real estate trust, just something nondescript that, right. you know, the name itself means nothing. And then instead of Nick Rosenbauer being the buyer and the current owner of the property, the N real estate trust is the owner, which the great thing about that is it means nothing to anyone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something to keep in mind, it basically gives you an anonymous purchaser if that makes sense. Um, another thing I've heard, I've had people who maybe are, you know, high net worth, um, they're lawsuit susceptible, you know, could become a target, um, political figures, and they don't want people to know. I, I think, you know, and not to go political here, but I know one of the things they're talking about right now is, you know, how there's people, I guess, protesting and harassing politicians all over the country, mm-hmm. like at their house, you know, or outside their home. And and regardless of left, right, up, down, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's good and bad people everywhere on the spectrum, right? But, um, you know, I, like if I was a governor or a senator or a Supreme Court justice or even just a regular judge, I don't, I don't think I'd want people knowing where I live and how to find my house. Like, what if you were a criminal judge? Would you want, you know, and you put bad people in jail, would you really want them to be able to look up Butler County Auditor and find, you know, type in, you know, Ben George? Right. No. Right? Yeah. Probably not. Um, so it's not even if there's stalkers, but, you know, lawsuits susceptible. Um, I know business owners who do that. Um, so, you know, it, again, Something to keep in mind, um, and this is like a niche kind of scenario, but there there are ways to not anonymously purchase a house, but purchase a house in such a way that it's not public record and not, you know, and you, you know, and Joe Schmo couldn't find out where you live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a, a nondescript named trust that you own and you still keep full control over, you know, can be the substitute name on the deed and the property tax bill. Okay. Yeah, it would take a lot of work to dive into that to find that information, but um, it's crazy that it's out there. Um, the other, I guess, the other part of this, the real estate side is, 
and I, I didn't realize this was the case, but you mentioned to me before that it, it plays into marriage uh, and divorce. Yeah. So in some states, Ohio is included. So you'll, you know, for our listeners across the country, you want to make sure you talk to uh, an attorney who knows the laws in your state, because this is state specific. Um, there are special laws regarding real estate for married people. Um, in Ohio, they're called dower rights, uh, which is an old law um, from well over 100 years ago. And basically what happens is buying and selling property requires the consent of both spouses, even if the spouse isn't the owner on a property. So if I buy a house tomorrow by myself, I can't sell it without my wife signing off on it, okay? Even if she's not an owner, even if she's not on the loan, she's got nothing to do with it, but I can't sell it without her consent. Um, so we see this come up as being very useful in a number of situations. First off, if someone's going through a divorce, you know, a lot of times, it's very sad, one of them moves out, okay? So if you're going through a divorce, it hasn't been finalized yet, but you buy a new house, you don't really want to, you know, have to bring the soon-to-be ex-wife or ex-husband to the table and deal with all this stuff. Um, so the trust ownership allows, you know, the trustee who's ever in charge of the trust to sign on behalf of the trust. And since the trust is not something that's married, you don't have to have the spousal consent. Um, so I have people do that while they're getting divorced. Uh, also, if someone's getting married, um, before they get married, it's very helpful as a like a partial prenup. And this is not romantic, Ben, by the way. Yeah. So, But if you have anything where you have a concern about the other spouse or you don't want the other spouse involved, um, a big time when we do this, Ben, is if there's a house or something that you inherited and you want to you know, itemize it or set it aside for your kids because it came from grandma and grandpa. It's not your house, per se. Having you create a trust that owns it, that you own the trust, but that can bypass the spousal requirements. Um, so again, just, you know, it's kind of a way to get around extra hassle and extra headache in dealing with a spouse or an ex-spouse, uh, when buying or selling property. Okay. Some great information there with uh, real estate. Now let's talk giving a little bit. This is something that's close to a lot of people wanting to give back to organizations that they're, that they care a lot about. Um, how do you build that trust to help with someone that wants to uh, provide? Well, this, um, and I want to be, I want to be clear on this. I'm referring to situations where someone wants to give during lifetime. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. when someone dies, the gift would just be built into their normal estate plan. Right. Okay. So if I said when I die, I want uh, my church to get a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I can put that in my estate plan. But let's say I wanted to give a hundred thousand dollars right now. But I don't know if I want to just write them a check and have them spend all of it. Or what if I wanted to give a gift to a person during my lifetime? So let's say I had, um, let's say I wanted to give $100,000 to my three-year-old nephew. Well, first off, he can't own money. So I either need to give it to his parents and hope that they take care of it and do what I want. Or I can't give it to him. You know, because I got to keep it. So there's a way, you know, setting up some sort of a trust would, would allow you to gift the money, 
but maintain control or conditions. So think of it just like the way you can customize an inheritance plan. You can customize a gift that you give while you're alive. So if I wanted to give money to my nephew, I could say uh, I'm giving money to them to be used for emergency needs only and then prioritized for uh, college tuition and starting a business and a down payment on a first home, whenever that may be. Mm -hmm. So I can do that without just setting money aside in an account just in my name and trying to remember to keep giving it to him. Um, I can keep control. I can make someone else the trustee. Uh, Another good one um, that we do this a lot for is real estate. You know, let's say I have someone that, you know, is is disabled or maybe they have substance problems or they're, you know, they have lawsuit issues or they don't file their taxes, you name it, right? But I want to make sure they have a place to live. So maybe I could buy a house or a condo and put it in some sort of a trust where they have the, the lifetime right to use it, okay? But it's not there, so they can't sell it or give it away. They can't do anything with it. Um, and if they got in trouble, you know, if they got in a car crash or they went bankrupt, because it's in this trust and it's not technically in their hands, I, I don't have to risk them losing it. Okay. So a number of neat things you can do here with controlled or protected uh, giving during your lifetime. So think of it like the protections we put for the inheritance plans, but you don't want to wait until you die. Because um, I have a number of people, Ben, who say, you know what? I want to give them money now so I can see them enjoy it. I don't want to wait until I die. Yeah. So, um, again, number of, of neat ways to go about that that aren't necessarily part of your general estate plan. All right. Very good. So there's one more on our list here. Uh, asset protection. I think this is the one I'm, I'm most familiar with in terms of just seeing it happen to where you know, a group or a person builds a trust in order to protect certain parts of, uh, of their estate. Well, the long story short is you're almost keeping the money for yourself for now, quote unquote, um, but you are giving up some level of ownership or control, at least on paper. So there's irrevocable trusts. There's, I know Ohio has an Ohio legacy trust. Um, a number of other, a number of other states have something similar. And what they do is they allow someone to retain some sort of ownership or control, maybe some sort of clawback. Not always, um, but it would shield the assets from your own problems. Okay, so it's like if I wanted to make sure that if if I was heading into a nursing home and I was worried about that $15,000 a month nursing home bill, you know, I wouldn't qualify for any government assistance programs until I spend all my money. And maybe I wanted to make sure there was a couple dollars left for my spouse or my wife didn't go broke while I sat in a nursing home. Okay, that's one way to do it. Um, doctors, lawyers, surgeons, people who are at high risk of, of getting sued. Um, sometimes you do something to where, you know, no matter what happens, you know, if they have a, a lawsuit against you, your house is protected. So they'll get some of your money, they'll get from your insurance, but quote unquote, they can't get your house. Also, if you want to protect money from like a, you know, judgment, bankruptcy, IRS, divorce, 
Uh, I know some people who will use this kind of similar to what I talked about before. You know, if they inherit something, they want to make sure that if they got divorced or something bad happened, that their soon-to-be ex-spouse didn't walk away with like the family farm or the family business or the money they inherited from their parents. Okay, so number of ways to provide some asset protection. It's like the next door neighbor of the controlled gift. So you, you kind of keep things for yourself to a point. And again, each state's different on this. So make sure you talk to someone who knows what they're doing. All right, very good. So that's the three that we have on our list, real estate, uh, the lifetime giving, and then also asset protection. But you have a bonus one for us too, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and this is not every state, but Ohio's one of them. You can use a trust to claim lottery tickets. So oh, if you won yeah, the Powerball, right. and let's um, so think of it just like we did for the real estate stand-in for privacy. Let's say I hit the Powerball, five hundred million dollars. That's all public. And what do they do? You know, they get the big picture of me with the check, like the you know the cardboard check, five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Nick Rosenbauer, my picture all over the place. Bad right. news, right? <laughs> so you set up a, a nondescript trust. So I, if I ever won the Powerball. I would set up a trust just called the N, you know, Legacy Trust or something like some stupid name, but had nothing to do with me. I would name someone else, probably an attorney or a bank as the trustee, and they go claim the ticket on my behalf. So the check would be made out to Fidelity Investments as trustee of the N Legacy Family Trust, right? Um, they, you know, so nothing doing as far as my name, I don't even go now, you know, I'd pay them plenty of money, you know, to send someone up there to the gaming office to collect on my behalf, but it's anonymous and they would go open a checking account at the bank in the name of the N legacy trust. They deposit the check. And then I would immediately amend the trust as soon as that was done to say the bank or fidelity is removed as the trustee and I'm the trustee now. And then I go to the bank. Of course, the bank will know who it is, but all the public, you know, parading around that the lottery uh, gaming commissions do doesn't happen. Hmm. Doesn't happen. Now, not every state allows this. Ohio's one of them. So you guys hit the Powerball. You're in Ohio. Call me. We'll take care of it. We'll keep you off the books. Um, I'll even get one of those briefcases with the handcuff, you know, to put your lottery ticket in, you know, like they do on Ocean's Eleven and things like that. I've always wanted to do that. Um, So we can set that up and then we can basically have an anonymous trust claim the ticket um, so your name never becomes public record. So, again, crossing my fingers. I always tell my clients, if you hit the Powerball, call me. I got you. And again, that's what I was going to ask you is that situation in all these are something an estate planning attorney can help you with, right? Uh, A good one. Yeah. Someone who specializes it. Absolutely. Now, again, state laws will vary on that. Um, And actually with the lottery winnings, it has to do with gaming laws. Some states will not allow uh, a trust or an entity to claim a ticket. Ohio is one of them that will. So yeah, work with someone who knows what they're doing, is familiar with the laws in your state. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're in Ohio, just visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can call Nick directly at 513-463-6789 as well. But this is very interesting, Nick, and, and I love the the fact that a trust can be utilized in so many different ways. It, it really is a utility knife 
that uh, can really benefit a lot of people. So if any of these are interesting to you or, or maybe uh, something that you want to consider or want to look more into, again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Nick, uh, good stuff as always, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Absolutely. Hopefully we got all of our subscribers back who probably, you know, (laughs) got put to sleep from the tax lesson last episode. So uh, my my promise to all of you is we we won't do taxes too often. So welcome back. I love it. Well, for Nick Rosenbauer over at Rosenbauer Law Office, I am Ben George. Thanks for listening to Complete Estate Planning. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.